Amen. Thank you, guys. Man, wasn't worship powerful today? How's your fast been going? Man, I had a dream. I, 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 think, I think it was a dream, okay? And in my dream, I had a uh, double-dip Rocky Road <laughs> cone in one hand. It wasn't a dream? It, oh, no, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And a large Coke in the other, and I was just salivating over. And I can hear all you health nuts saying, do you know how bad, yeah, that's how bad for you. I haven't been, I haven't, I've been on a fast from that from since 2006. <laughs> but look, here's my response to you. I know it's bad for me, but it really sounds good. And I'm, I'm going to get one. I'm going to get one. That Rocky Road's your favorite. What, what's your favorite ice cream? Say it out loud. Everybody makes fun of me. My favorite is peppermint. Okay, I got some peppermint in here. All right. I got some peppermint. I like that. Well, we got one week left. Next week, Corey Russell's going to be here to hang out with us. And we're excited for Corey. Corey's a national... I mean, the fact that he comes here is always a blessing because he speaks at massive conferences and, and all over the world and churches and his real thrust of his ministry is on prayer. And we're going to end our Sunday with something we do every year during our fasting and prayer to end our fast and prayer. And uh, we're going to pray and anoint every single person, including kids in here, for and commission you for 2022. And uh, I, it's a really powerful time that happens every year. And so if you're watching online, that's the one those are the kind of things you can't hardly do online. So, but it, it, make your way over here. We're going to pray for one another. It's going to be a good uh, Sunday. All right. Well, today is a significant day in our church. Um, I'm going to be releasing these prophetic words over over 2022, and this is the vision over the year. For those of who are new, you may be asking, "What what what is this? What are we doing? Why?" Do, you know, what about last year's? Do we not worry about those words anymore? And I would just say every year we get kind of a new focus that the Lord gives us. And uh, last year's words, we're going to still live in them. You know what? I don't know about you, but we're still in a season of alignment. We're going to have to be strong and courageous. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where that becomes the foundation. Those become the normal things. Kind of like if you get married, if you, if you have marriage problems, and you are <clears throat> find ways to start, you know, get healed by learning how to say things like "I love you" and "I'm sorry," and uh, and uh, "Yes, dear, you're right," and and you compromise. Well, once you get to a place of healing, you don't just say, "Well, well, Doris, where well, I think we're healed, I guess I don't have to tell you this thing's fixed. I don't have to tell you I love you anymore." I mean, you wouldn't have to do that. You go, that becomes my new foundation. I learned to say, yes, dear, whatever you say, right? So it's the same thing with us. These prophetic words over the year, every year, are something we build. They become the new foundation. We're going to learn how to actually navigate seasons of, of alignment and navigate seasons of time where we, we've got we've to be pliable in the hands of the Lord, and uh, new wineskins. Did anybody say that those words last year were for them? Anybody want to just say, yeah, oh yeah, I had new wineskins for me. All two of you, man. Praise God. <laughs> I'm glad I spent the whole year on that. I'm glad it was so impactful. Um, anyway. All right. So I want to kind of lay a little bit of groundwork. I do this every year for those who are new and... Um, just understand. So Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. So this is a common theme here at Resonate about prophetic vision. So a vision, what does it do? It restricts us from what we do and we don't do. If I were to run a 5K, which you wouldn't want, want to see me run a 5K right now, I could run a half K, I think. But I'm serious. I'm horrible running. I hate running. Um, but like, uh, Brent, where are you at? Where's Brent? I see him in here. He just did a half marathon recently. I'm talking to him. We went out, um, to the men's, we, to the men's, uh, uh, we went and saw a movie 
And I, you know, I've got this big old thing of popcorn and, and I'm like just chowing down on it and I put extra butter on it. And I look at him and he's, he's eating. I said, he's not eating anything. I'm like, you're not going to do popcorn? He says, no, I'm on, I'm training. I can't do that. I'm like, what? Just give it. No, no, not, I'm training. That is great discipline, my friend. But, um, those are the kind of things when you have a vision, it restrains what you do and you don't do. I'm not going to eat these things. I'm not going to, I got to get this much sleep. I got to get up early. I'm not going to go here. It, 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 it does all those things. And so, so, I mean, you think about what, what's, the, what's one of the problems in society now? We've got the failure to launch. You know, people who are living with their parents till they're 50. They don't, they need a vision for their life. When they don't have a vision for their life, they play video games all day long. We need a vision for life. And so a prophetic, a vision restricts what we don't and we do and what we don't, what we do do. And, um, prophetic vision is no different. When you have a word from God, you now have an understanding of what you're supposed to do. You have your marching orders and it kind of, and, and it, hey, I don't need to go over here and that's not the thing I'm supposed to do. Laser focus, right? And, uh, if you think about it, in this word, there are a lot of promises, right? There's a lot of promises that we've, that we, in direction, directional words, like, uh, you know, Ecclesiastes says there's a time to sow and there's a time to reap. There's a time to build up. There's a time to tear down. Sometimes it says God's going to be your deliverer. Sometimes it says you got to go through the suffering, right? Well, how do you know which word is for you at the given moment? How do you know? This is where the prophetic ministry comes in. And it's a piece it's a piece that the church is just so missing out on. The prophetic uh, gifting that the Lord gives is to help us actually begin to go, okay, right now, I, I'm i not supposed to be building up right now. God says it's time to rest and tear down. How do I know that? The Holy Spirit spoken to me prophetically. I know what to do. What is prophecy? It's foretelling and it is foretelling, meaning it can tell the future of things to come, but it's also revealing what's on God's heart right now. So basically, prophecy is this, in a nutshell, it's messages from God about His intention and purposes for His people. And it's meant to encourage. 1 Corinthians 14, I've got a lot of scriptures today, so hang in there with me, Liam. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts that you may prophesy. So we're called to actually earnestly desire prophetic giftings. Now, you may not hear this a lot in churches, but this is what we're called to do, to earnestly desire this. All right, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other or encourage us. So these prophetic gifts are to build us up and encourage us. I love James. James, is he's the biggest proponent of giftings because he says, I want to be built up. And if the church is not operating in giftings, I'm not being built up and encouraged. So we need gifts. We need gifts to be released. I need a, I need a big amen on that. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. You don't want to know how you stifle the Holy Spirit's flow in your life. You scoff at prophecies. Now, you might be thinking, well, I don't ever do that. Like, oh, oh, scoff. But the actual word for there, <laughs> those prophecies. Uh, no. But the actual word there in the Greek, this is what the definition is. To show by one's attitude or manner of treatment that an entity has no merit or worth. So what you're basically saying is, that's silly. That's for the spiritual people. When you begin to hear these words being released and you go, mm, I don't know about all that, you actually stifle the Holy Spirit's work. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, this is the way he speaks to his church. And you're telling him that that's not the way I want you to speak to me. And you're stifling his, his ability to speak to you. And the Bible actually says, do not harden your hearts. When you hear him and you harden your heart, your heart gets harder. So don't stifle him. Um, so you have two jobs today, okay, when you're hearing these. Number one, receive, receive this with an open heart. 
give weight to what I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. And then number two, test what is being said. I'm not saying you believe everything I say. Of course, I, I don't know how you're going to disagree with what I'm about to say, but you might. But test it. And then your part is to, once you hear this, you say, Holy Spirit, what does this mean for me? What does it mean for me? God knows who's in this room. He knows who's watching online right now. He knows who's going to be here in six months when more of these words are released. So he knows how to, how to, to, to speak these words in a way that everybody can hear it and pick something up, and he knows exactly who's going to be here. And so these are corporate words with an individual fulfillment. What does that mean? Well, it means that when you hear a word, Brian, when you hear a word, Scott, when you hear a word and you go, what does this mean for me? And I begin to step in and you begin to step into the obedience. Then when every one of us does that, now we have entered into a unity in a corporate anointing for that word. Because everybody's doing it. All right, so... Is this biblical? You bet it is. John 16, 12, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says, there's so much more I want to tell you, but, but you, you can't bear it now. <laughs> That's an interesting thing. You, you, you just can't handle it anymore. <laughs> They've been drinking for a fire hose for three years, and he's like, there's just too much. I can't give you anymore. But when the Spirit of truth comes, the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth, and he will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. So it's one of the roles of the Holy Spirit. And I know, once again, if you've come from churches that, that don't talk about this, it's clear in Scripture that this is the role of the Holy Spirit, is to teach us about things that are emanating from the Father into our spirit man, into our corporate body, and to tell us this is what's important to me in my heart this year. Okay, so that's that's his job. So a couple years ago, I began to understand something a little bit deeper about these words. Um, I've been a part of many churches that had the word of the word of the Lord for for the year, and it would be talked about on the first or second or third week of January, and I would never hear about it again. And the Lord said, "No, no, no! I want to give you these words. These are actual train tracks for your year. I want you to talk about it all year." And um, I began to also understand about Revelation in the in the, the letters to the, in the book of Revelation, where there are these letters to the churches. And this is what I've started to feel that God was speaking to us. He says, "I know I've I know all the things you've done. I've seen your hard work, your patience, and your endurance. I know how you tolerate evil people, all that stuff. You've patiently suffered for me without quitting. But this complaint I have against you, you don't love me as you." Eat each other as you did as for, at first. Look how you've fallen. So here's the Holy Spirit saying, you're doing some great stank things, but here's the stuff I need you to work on. And I believe the Lord is speaking similar to resonate here. He's sharing his heart and his intentions over this house. And we say amen to that. Amen. How do we get these words? Maybe you might ask that. Where do, do I, am I just in a back room going... <laughs> no, no. We've got many prophetic gifts in the church and what we do is we ask them to fast and to pray. And we met, we met together two, a week and a half ago. And we prayed for an hour, an hour, two hours and said, what are you hearing? People were hearing, they had dreams and visions and scriptures and prophetic words. And we took all that five pages worth of stuff the Lord's speaking. And then I had the fun opportunity to figure out what all that meant and how to pare it down to a few words. We'll see if I did a good job. No, it was by the Lord. I, I know the Lord. In fact, I was war last night. I called Carolyn Dunnigan, wherever Carolyn is. I don't know if she's here today. Oh, there she is. I called her last night. I said, I'm still struggling with this one word. I don't know what to do. And I changed it at the last minute. Not, not necessarily like change what was being said, but I changed how it was communicated because I was like, I'm not getting the heartbeat of it, God. And I was like, ah, there it was. All right, so let's dig in. You ready to dig in? Let me pray. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, as we share these words, that uh, you would speak to them things that I'm not speaking myself, but you would speak by your Spirit. As we release this, Holy Spirit, let the seed go deep. And Father, speak to us. Amen. 
Now, I've got little um, bookmarks for you, but I decided this year that I was going to hand them out at the end because I know you would look ahead. And you'd be like, okay, well, I don't know about this. And you're listening to me. I don't, that's a weird one right there. Okay, I don't want to do that, so I'm going to let you... Ha- I'm gonna let you so about a month ago, I was sitting in one of my favorite places in Lucas, sitting in an Adirondack chair at Holy Horns Ranch, a.k.a. Sean and Kristen Watts' house. Um, they've got several acres over there, and they're gracious enough to let me sit out there and talk to their donkeys and their goats. And I was talking to them, and one of them talked back, and it was amazing because this is how I got the word. No. That, that, that would have been cool. So I'm sitting there and I say, Lord, what are you saying over 2022? And I immediately heard a word that I wasn't really excited about. And the word was, and we got a little slide for it, the word was holiness. 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 Oh, I got an amen back there. Holiness is not one of those words that we normally think, man, you're probably not going to be shouting me down. Amen, brother. We're usually talking about somebody else. They need to be holy. But this is not one of those words, but, but it really is very important because holiness is a calling from all believers. And I want to read you this, this verse here, and this is the verse that came out. 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16. Therefore, prepare your minds for action Be sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, meaning before you were saved. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Well, here's the thing with these words. We're going to spend a lot of time this year digging into these, and I'm like, man, I had... Pages and pages. My normal message is, you know, seven, eight pages. I think this one's 23 today. So we're going to, we'll try to get as fast as we can. No, I'm joking. But, but I was struggling because I'm like, oh, I just need to say this. But so throughout the year, we'll have sermon series around these words. So I'm just going to, you're going to have to rely on the Holy Spirit to kind of help you make sense of some of these words. But here's the thing God is holy. And the word holy is a tough word to actually define. Because it, it means a lot of things, but it just, let me just say, it's total perfection of God, but it's also His apartness. He is separate from anything else that has ever been or ever will exist. In the entire universe, God is holy. He is set apart. All right? And because God is holy and He lives inside of us, we have our own calling to be holy too. I love this, what um, speaking to the religious leaders in Ezekiel, the Holy, the Holy Spirit speaks to Ezekiel and says, they shall teach, talking about spiritual leaders, my people the difference between the holy and the common and show them how to distinguish between the unclean and the clean. Meaning not everything is bad or good when it comes to holy or unholy. It means that there are some things that are set apart for, the, for, for God's glory, and there are other things that are just common, right? And so sometimes there are things that are not holy that, that would be you know, immoral or all that kind of stuff, but not everything is. So you are called to be holy, and you are called to be set apart. Amen, JJ. I like that. <laughs> So listen to this. Romans 12 says this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. What does it say? Everybody say it with me. Holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So our entire lives are actually called, our bodies, our minds, our wills, our emotions, our soul, our hearts, they are called to be set apart for the, the 
the, the purpose and the special call for God's purpose. All right? And we are called to look different than the world. Let me say that again. We are called to look different than the world. And you see, here's the thing. What we're, this is what I want to say. We're living in a culture that no other Christian community has ever experienced in the history of Christianity. We have, for the last couple hundred years, probably since the inception of America, we have, number one, had total religious freedom. And number two, we have been the majority. No other community has ever experienced that. That is some really good things, and it comes with some really bad things. The majority of America has been Christian or would, would clarify themselves as Christian. As a believer, we have some cool things. I, Paul could never do what we can do. Paul could never be Christian cool. Paul would never make it on Oprah. He would not be a, he would not be a celebrity where he was. They were trying to kill him. Paul would not, he might have a lot of followers, but we can live with the tons of followers. We can be cool. We can have all the things. We can even have the fish on the back of our car and feeling like, man, oh, they love Jesus. They got the fish on there. We can have all of that. But I don't know if you've noticed this. Society is changing. Right before our eyes, society is actually turning anti-Christ. That's what's happening. We're at a crossroads. It's turning anti-Christ. And what's interesting is something we're seeing people emboldened in the last two years like we've never seen them emboldened. And they're telling us what they really think about our Christian worldview. Nuts, wackos, out of touch. So we're at a crossroads here. And let me tell you, most of the time, when people at a crossroads, they only know that they're at, they were at the crossroads years later. I didn't know at that point right there that there was something happened, but I'm telling you by the Spirit, we're at a crossroads. And the crossroads is this. Are we going to be set apart, or are we going to go with the stream of society so that we continue to fit in and be liked, because we just want to be liked? That's the truth. We want Oprah to say, wow, you're so cool. Look how cool a pastor you are, and you preach the gospel. and Oh, that's all. We want people to say that. But here's the thing. We're getting to a point where we're either going to have to go along with the crowd or we're going to stick out like a sore thumb. I was just listening to a progressive Christian pastor the other day. And uh, he was having a debate with another guy, and they were talking about the LGBTQ, I don't know all the numbers, all the letters, but, um, and he was just, he's a progressive Christian pastor with thousands of people, and saying, you know, I just don't think that we're, we're not, we're not loving enough. And we, we just, God's that, he doesn't care about all that sexuality and stuff. We just, and I'm listening to him, and I'm going, ah. Oh, this is the vein because I don't want to be contrary to this society. I want society to like me. I want society to think I'm awesome. But we're at a crossroads. We're going to have to make a decision. And there are a lot of aspects of this holiness that we'll have to get into because we've got the holiness of God. We've got the, we become holy when, because of the blood of Jesus, nothing we can earn. We have the holiness that we're called to be set apart. And we also have another holiness that the Bible tells about right there in 1 Peter and a few other places. We're called to holy living. We're called to holy living. I'm going to read you a scripture because Paul tells Timothy, God will honor us when we live a holy life. 2 Timothy 2. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver. Some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions and the cheap ones are used for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, holy, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Pursue righteous living. 
faithful love and peace and enjoy the companionship of all those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Do you hear what's happened? When God is out there wanting to do a, a move through people, who is he looking for? He's looking for people who said, I've chosen to set my life apart for Jesus for a special purpose. And part of that is living a holy life. So one of the words, as we were praying over this, we begin to, we were we would sometimes pray some of these. So we, we somebody would release a word and we would pray over it. And a prayer came out of it. And I want to read you this prayer because I think it's really important. And as we were praying over this, this is the prayer. She said, Lord, deliver us from laziness. Deliver us from compromise. And then she made this declaration, wake up, O sleeper. Be about the Father's business. You know, one of the tactics of the enemy to get you powerless in the world is to burn out the fire of God that's in you. And you know, I'm going to tell you one word. You know how he does it? Compromise. That's how he burns the fire out. That's how he extinguishes it from your heart. It's through compromise. And I'm not talking about don't do this or don't go here or don't play cards or don't go to the movie theater. I'm not saying any of that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a Romans 12 type of person who says, I'm called to be set apart. I'm called to be holy. I'm called, here's the word, consecrated unto the Lord. I don't have time to get lost in this stuff of compromise. I don't have time to do it. I have to be about my father's business because I have a job. I have a mission that I have called to complete, and I don't want this stuff to lull me to sleep. So this year, I believe God's going to be calling some of you and going to put you in a situation where you're going to have to make a decision. Do I go along with the world or I, do I stick out like a sore thumb? And I believe we are seeing a line being drawn to the sand and you're going to have to make a choice at some point. Which side am I on? And I don't know about you, and this is really tough to say, but what, what it's really going to do, it's going to divide between the people who say, I'm a, I'm a believer and those who really are. Going to church does not make you a follower of Christ. It's important. That's not what makes you a follower of Christ. We'll talk about it in a second. It's being a disciple. Number two word. I'm going to have to run through this. I know everybody tells me don't talk about time, but I just, I see it. All right. Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to preach it. Number two, manifest. Manifest. This is a word that you might um, not know, and I'm going to explain it to you the best I can. But here's, here's God wants to manifest himself this year in a new way. And I'm going to tell you there's several, several people backing up this word besides their own. It's really powerful. Manifest means to be, make plain, to make open, to make clearly visible to the eye or obvious to the understanding or apparent, not obscure or difficult to be seen or understood. John says this, and he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. And the New Living Translation says it like this, and I will love them and I will reveal myself to each of them. So we're not talking about God's just knowledge coming to us. We're talking about God revealing himself to people. Revealing himself to people. And here's the word. I'm going to release this right now, and I want you to hold on to this. I want you to manifest. Visitations are coming this year. This is a year of extremes. Jesus is going to manifest himself. There will be great, greater visitations, dreams, visions, words, pictures, open visions, and supernatural miracles. And here's the word. This is really important. Here and now. Here and now. Here and now. 1 Corinthians says this, 14, 12. So with yourself, since you are eager for the manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. So we should be eager for God to reveal himself to his people. 
Now, I was sitting there thinking about this for a while because I was, you know, like, Lord, how do I, how do I explain this? I don't know if I know how to explain it. So I, I always appreciate the Lord gives me some, some kind of analogy or something. So here's what I got. Some of the songs we sing sometimes can be misleading about this whole idea. Some of the words we say. So we, sometimes we'll say, when you walk into the room, everything changes. Uh, Holy Spirit, come. Uh, another one, I don't, I'm not even sure. I know some people like this song, but I'm sorry. But, you know, revival's in the air. Catch it if you can. I, I don't really even know what that means. But we, we say these things, and it's almost like we're thinking this. We're here having church. And the Holy Spirit's down at another house of worship, hanging out there rocking. And we're like, hey, if you got time, would you mind coming over here for a little bit and hang out with us? It's like, we're, hey, if you get a chance. And then when God shows up, we're like, good, he was able to break away from where he was this week. Oh, praise God. And when worship is flat and the preaching is flat, the preaching is never flat. But when the wor- wor- I'm kidding. But when... I'm joking. The worship's never flat either. But when we feel that, we say, God didn't show up. I guess he got tied up at the other church down the street. He just couldn't make his way over here today. Oh, well, Lord, maybe next week you'll be able to go. Can we get this scheduled so you can show up, Holy Spirit? But here's the truth. Where two or more are gathered, there he is in the midst of them. God is a spirit, and he is omnipresent, meaning he is everywhere at once. David said, where can I go from your presence? I can go, if I go up to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. So what we're actually saying is this. God, you're everywhere, and you're in this place. But what I'm asking for you to do is to manifest yourself so that we can see you plainly here. I'm saying, God, make yourself known. I know you're here. Make yourself known. You know, the word, we're saying, bring your presence. Make your presence known. You know, the word presence literally means face to face. So we're saying, Lord, show me your face. And the Lord is speaking to us clearly. This is the year I'm going to do something where I'm going to show my face And you're going to see me in a whole new way if you're looking for me. If you're creating space for me. And what we're basically saying too is God reveal your glory to us. What is glory? It's another one of those holy words where it's like, I don't don't know quite how to explain it, but let me give you my best. Glory is basically the essence of God. It is who he is. It is his character. It's the weight. It's like when we see somebody and go, there he is in all his glory. When we talk about somebody, that's what we're saying. God's glory shows up. And when God, and I say, I even say show up, reveals himself. It's hard to get around that. But what we're saying is when God reveals himself in a place, everything literally changes. We've all experienced it. One of the things that happens when, we, when God shows up in worship, it's like he takes over and he's now directing the choir of all of us. There's been times where it's like, you don't even need the worship leader as a worship leader, as me as a worship leader. Sometimes I just step out of the way because the Holy Spirit is directing us He has now revealed himself. He stepped into our place and made himself tangibly known. When he reveals himself, their faith arises for healing. Faith arises for deliverance. The gift of the Holy Spirit begin to free flow freely. And I'm going to tell you right now here, guys, I don't want to be a part. I won't pastor a church where we sing 10, 10, 15 minutes of worship. You hear a nice message. We hang out for... 10 minutes after service, and we all go home, and that was church to us. I'm not going to be a part of that. I want all God has for us. I want to see the glory of God revealed to us here in this, when we gather and here in our homes. And here's the thing. Here's my heart. I want to see the teenagers experience the power of God. 
That marks your life. It marks your life. It changes you. I want to see a place where the heal, the sick are healed, the lost are saved, the hurting are restored, people are delivered and set free. We're filled with the Holy Spirit and we leave this place with boldness to preach the word. Yeah. I'm going to read Acts 4.28. We read this all the time, but hear this. The early church was experiencing persecution, and then this is their prayer. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. And they were all filled with boldness. And they went and preached the, God, preached the word of God with boldness. That's what I want to see here. Here's the thing. When the king reveals himself, he brings with him the kingdom. When Jesus shows up as the king of kings, the kingdom of God shows up with him. And he preached all over, and he says, now the kingdom of God is among you. And that means there was healings, deliverance, freedom. I want to read you something because, not that we needed this, but it really confirmed what was in our hearts. There's a group of prophets that meet every year. They're national, they're national prophets. They speak all over the world. And they meet once a year to begin asking the Lord, what do you have to say about America this year? And if you're in that, that world, you might know some of these names, Cindy Jacobs, Chuck Pierce, uh, James Gull, Dutch Sheets. Maybe you've heard of these people. They come together and they ask the Lord, I want you to hear what they released over 2022. Just listen. One, They said, for the Lord says, this is a season where the Holy Spirit is particularly active with many powerful manifestations of His glory. Here's what else they they said. Generation Z will experience a movement of holiness. They will be so fervent before God that it will will provoke the generations before them to join in with their consecration. New waves of technology will be used that will result in hundreds of thousands of genuine conversions through the use of social media such as TikTok and other new innovative tools. God's going to use you teenagers you got to get, but, but this is part of being set apart. I have a purpose. And then I called my good friend Lisa Swayze, who's another prophetic voice in my life, and I, she, I hadn't told her anything. She hadn't read this, and I asked her, what, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you, Lisa? And she said, the Lord clearly spoke to me. This is going to be a year of unusual miracles. Two or three witnesses. Guys, we got to get on board. Here's what this means for us. We cannot be about business as usual this year. If God wants to reveal himself, we've got to put ourselves in the position to receive and to, and to experience what he wants to do. So here's what I believe that our part is, and I, have, I don't have this all in dates or anything, but this year we're going to a deeper level of prayer, of worship, of fasting. I believe we're called this year to do multiple nights of worship and multiple all-night prayer meetings, and that's what we're going to do this year. We're going to set ourselves up. If God says, I'm going to do this, we want to be the church that says, Lord, I'm prepared. I am prepared to receive that. Amen? Amen. All right, number three. let's Let's keep moving. This year is a year believers will move to disciples. Waiting for the amens on that one. (laughs) This is the year that we begin, and it'll happen more and more, but this is the year that I believe we're supposed to put a huge focus on discipleship. A believer is someone who puts their faith in Jesus and would come into agreement with the, with the teachings of Jesus. But a disciple looks, acts, and talks like Jesus and does the things Jesus did. That's, that's the truth. And the call to the early church when Jesus' last words was, not, was to make disciples, not converts. 
Now, we, I want to just be careful. We can argue that there are places where these words are interchangeable, where they talk about the believers met, the disciples met, that kind of thing. But for our context, I'm really speaking to a, a different trajectory of moving from just believing something, even the, even the demons believe and tremble, to actually saying, I'm taking this all the way and I'm going to be, I'm a little Christ walking around. And that's really what Christian means, little Christ. We're talking about maturity in Christ. I want to read you this. About this we have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you have becoming dull of hearing. (laughs) For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have the, their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to, to distinguish good from evil. There's a lot to talk about here, but I'll, let me just say this. There's nothing wrong with spiritual milk. Spiritual milk, what he's talking about, is basically the elementary teachings of the gospel. Coming to Jesus, giving your heart to him, surrender your life, studies where all this kind of stuff. But God's calling us to go deeper. So... And one of the things we got to be careful with, I've noticed sometimes, is we who have been doing this for a while, we, uh, we take new Christians who really need just spiritual milk, and we try to hand them a T-bone steak. Dude, get your heart life together. And they're like, duh. They're like little babies. They're like little JJ right there. They can't do anything. we got to treat them like that. But here's the problem. There's people who are still drinking spiritual milk, and it, and it gets really bad when you've got to split your mustache to get the bottle in. I went off better than I thought. That was good. We've got believers who are saved, love God. They're going to heaven, but that's where they stop. They never begin to step into their full calling and potential. They actually never become a force against the powers of darkness. The devil's not even scared of them. We have to be about making disciples. And this isn't really an indictment on you guys. This is an indictment on the church. And let me read you why. Ephesians 4, 11, the church leaders, I should say. These are the gifts Christ gave the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers. Listen to this. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. This tells us what God has given, specifically Jesus. These aren't gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are gifts of Jesus. These gifts, apostles, pastors, teachers, evangelists, and prophets, their job is to equip the body to do what? What? The ministry. To build up his church. Let me just tell you Let me something. My job is not to entertain you here. I hope that I can give you a laugh here and there, but my job is not to entertain you. My job is to equip you for the call of God in your life. And let me just say this. I say this with sincerity. And I represent pastors from all over the nation that would say the same thing. What hurts my heart, sometimes as a pastor, I think we care and I care more about the call on people's lives than they care about the call on their own lives. It breaks my heart. I, sometimes I feel like I care more about you coming in your full potential than you do. I just got to switch. A disciple is someone who's able to get whole themselves and help others get whole. A disciple can rightly handle the word of God, meaning they have a working knowledge of the, what they believe and can articulate to others and, ha- and speak it with authority. 
A disciple operates in their giftings to build up the body of Christ. A disciple disciples others. A disciple shares their faith on an ongoing basis. A disciple has a prayer life. A disciple serves, is a giver, hears the Holy Spirit and responds with obedience to that. A disciple picks up their cross daily and learns how to lay down their lives for others. This is what a disciple does. And I have this vision that I can see with my spiritual eyes every single one of you. And I wish I want you all to see it with me. And what I see is every single one of you operating in your gift, whole in your emotions, in your soul. And that this place is filled with new believers. And you who are already believers are actually discipling these new believers to become all God's called them to be. And it just keeps multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. I see spiritual moms and dads in here taking their responsibility seriously to disciple the next generation. How do we get there? Matthew 28 tells us the formula. (laughs) Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. We're going to have to roll up our sleeves, and one at a time, we disciple people one at a time. If the only discipleship you get is coming in here to listen to me or whoever talk, it's not enough. This is the switch. Let's get practical. We're talking about one-on-one small groups or one-on-one with people, disciples of Jesus helping younger disciples in their faith how to study the Bible, how to hear God's voice, how to pray, and here's what the scriptures say on X, Y, Z, and here's how to defend your faith and how to articulate faith. And so I believe as a church, God is asking us as a church, and I've known this for a long time, but timing's everything in the kingdom. We're to begin this year directly resourcing and implementing a a systematic discipleship on a grand scale. Mentors helping others. If you get baptized in water, we, I, we want to walk you through this total discipleship so you understand everything that you're doing. We, we want to do this on every aspect. I don't know how, but I'm asking some of you to step up to the plate. Why does this matter? Because someone who is discipled will live like Christ. Someone who is discipled will live out their faith. They will share their faith. They will operate in their gifts. They'll disciple others, and they'll be a force for the kingdom. It's true. Stats prove it over and over. So I'm asking for you to make a decision to grow this year. And I'm asking for you to consider discipling some others. As we work through a systematic approach, we'll talk through it. I don't have all the plans yet, but that's, that's the last. That's all I want to say about that. The last word, and we have the Caroline team come up here. The last word, and this is a more of a statement than an action word. And I really struggled over this word. This is the one I was like, I don't know, I don't know. And, and I kept, we kept, and then all of a sudden it clicked and it was like total revelation of this whole thing. So here it is. Resonate is a house of restoration. The word literally means return, give back fully. Okay, First Peter says this. I love the Passion Translation because this gets me fired up. And then, after your brief suffering, which we all have suffering, the God of all loving grace who has called you to share in His eternal glory in Christ will personally and powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever. Yes, He will set you firmly in place and build you up, and He has all the power needed to do this forever. Amen. I want to tell you something. Last year was the word. And maybe turn that down just a tad bit there for me, Norm. Last year was the word that this is a place of healing. But I want to speak a word over you. Jesus is not just the healer. He's the restorer. He's not just the healer. He's the restorer. When we get healed, we maybe things stop bothering us, but we always feel like there's residue hanging over. And here's the word that I want to speak. God can restore you and us to the point that it's though what happened to us 
never happen to us. He can restore you to the point. Let me say it again. Restore you to the point that it's as though what happened to you actually never happened to you. He can restore you to your original state. Now, I don't know if you believe that, but that's what the scriptures tell us. We generally think God can heal us. And maybe that thing doesn't bother us anymore. But now I'm going to have to deal with the consequences of that for a while. But I want to read you some scriptures that tell us otherwise. Psalm 51, 12. And you've got this new definition in your head. Totally, fully restore you back to what is though it, what you went through never, you never went through. Psalm 51. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Some of you have lost your fire and the Lord says I want to restore it back to that day when you met your first love Psalm 23 the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters he restores my soul what is our soul our soul is our mind our will and our emotions some of you in this place have been abused You have been abandoned. You have been betrayed. Some of you have lost loved ones. You've gone through horrendous divorces. And you think, I can get healed where it doesn't bother me anymore. That's not affecting me. But there's always kind of just stuff hanging out there. Maybe sometimes I just can't trust these people. I can't trust men or whatever it is. And the Lord says, I want to restore you to the point to it's though what happened to you never actually happened to you. You actually go back to before the crisis and the trauma. He wants to restore your soul that it's, it's pre-trauma. I know you're thinking about that, but that's a powerful word. Because some of you are dealing with that and you, you've moved on and you think things, but God says, I want to get down to the deep root and you, I'm going to restore that like it never even happened. Jeremiah 30, 17 says, For I will restore health to you, and your wounds I will heal, declares the Lord. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes we feel like, well, we can get a knee healed, but I'll never be able to really do what I used to do on it. And the Lord says, I'm going to restore it just though it never happened. Some of you have COVID, have had COVID. Hope you don't have it right now, but (laughs) you had COVID. And you got sick and you're healed but you're like, yeah, I'm included. Yeah, I kind of just have to deal with the residue of that. Yeah, I can't get my taste to smell. Well, that's part of doing, part of life. And the Lord says, no. I want to restore you as though you never had COVID. And it's a little scary sometimes because I keep saying I'm, I'm believing for my taste and smelling back. If it doesn't happen, well, what if it does? Joel 2.25 says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. The hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter, the great army. Here's what the Lord said to me. He says, some of you had a tragedy in your life that derailed your life and it wasn't your fault. You just were collateral damage. And the Lord, and you're feeling like, well, gosh, man, that's over with. (laughs) I missed, my, I missed the place where my ministry, I missed my calling or whatever. And the Lord says, no, no, no. I want to restore that to you so that it's like it never happened. You're going to go back. You're ba- he, God's going to give you a time machine. <laughs> You're going to go back. Some of you have lost family ones. You're widowed, orphaned. The Lord puts you in families. He restores. That doesn't mean that you just don't ever miss that person but it means the hole in your heart is not there anymore he restores you into a family that's what the word says that so this is the words for 2022 and I believe God has spoken amen let's stand up and we're going to finish with a time of prayer over this Oh, let's just begin to pray. Let's just, 
Say, Holy Spirit, we ask you to reveal yourself to us in this moment right now. Lord, we know you're in this place. Reveal yourself. I want to pray for anybody. We're just, we're just gonna, we're just gonna take just not very long. Don't worry, but just raise your hand if that restore word meant something to you and you want, yeah, okay. Lord, we just pray. Restore to them. Restore, return back in full. Holy Spirit, what they have lost. Lord, I declare over myself, my taste and my smell is back in the name of Jesus. It is restored. No more lingering of COVID stuff in the name of Jesus. We are restored in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for those who who felt like a tragedy in their life derailed their whole calling in their life and they feel now they're stuck. Maybe it was somebody that, that was a marriage that just totally fell apart or maybe it was an accident I hear, I kept hearing this. Some of you, gosh, I don't know how to, this is kind of tough here, but some of you, somebody watching online, you had a kid and that kid has mental problems or disability. And though you love them with your whole heart, it's totally changed your whole life. And the Lord says, look, that's a gift to you. And I want to, there's nothing lost in all of this. There's nothing lost. This, and I know you know that this is a gift, but you just feel like, man, it's like totally changed my whole life. And the Lord says, that's not plan B. You have plan A, and I'm going to restore anything that was lost in the name of Jesus. And, I, and I'm trying to be real careful with that because they're a gift from God. There's, I'm not, not saying that, but, but for some reason, you've just gone, man, I just feel like this just kind of changed everything, and I can't do. And, and so I just speak into that the Lord sees that and says says daughter you are not there's nothing lost there there's nothing lost I've given you that now as a testimony I've given you that as a gift and and there's nothing lost some of you in here you're you've been battling sickness or something in your body knees in the name of Jesus total restoration over your body marriages that were broken down and you feel like man I just I just I'll never be able to get over this Lord says no I'm restoring you your soul in the name of Jesus abuse the Lord said I'm restoring you as though that thing never happened in you stop believing the lies stop believing the lies well I'm just tainted good stop believing the lies well that's just you know, that's a part, gosh, that's what I had to go through and I'll never be able to really trust men. No, stop believing it. Disavow that and say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, you are a restorer. I am restored to total healing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And Lord, here's, now I want us to also pray for this word manifest. I want everybody to begin to pray, Lord. We say, Holy Spirit, we pray this year, reveal yourself to me in my home. My kids need to see you. My, my, my teenagers need to see you. My marriage needs to see you, Lord. In our gatherings, I pray there would be just a total, like face-to-face, God. We're going to see a heightened sense of your glory like we've never experienced before. We're going to be changed. We're going to be like, I got to pray. I got to seek i got to get down on my knees. I've got to get to the house of God to pray, Lord. I pray, Jesus, a wave of, of prayer meetings, a wave of your spirit, Lord. Let this be a word that just we take and grab hold of it, Father. Not just as a, as a church, but us as an individual. Lord, I need you to show up. Somebody in here is has been just, they've been saying this like, I just... I just need you to be, reveal yourself to me, God. I just need to see that you're real. The Lord says he's going to do it right now. If you're watching online or maybe in this room, I, you've been struggling with your faith. You say, I just need God to reveal himself. I just need to know it's real. The Lord says, if you will reach out and accept it right now, he will reveal himself. He will reveal himself. Manifest this year, Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for boldness that we would not be afraid to be strange. Lord, they already think we're crazy. Might as well go all the way. 
stop playing the fence. Stop teetering. I'm a Jesus freak and I'm not ashamed to say it. (laughs) Come on. Yeah. So how I want to end, I just, I'm going to go ahead and pray and let you guys be released. But um, that restore word, I think, really needs to be prayed over for some of you guys. And so um, if, you, if we can just get our prayer team as we, as we I release you, just come on up here. And if you're saying, I just, that word right there, I need, there's something need to be restored in me. And, and, I, and I just need somebody to agree with me. God wants to do that. So, but Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, this week that these words will... Um, will come alive in our spirit. Anything that I didn't say that the Holy Spirit, you would make it plain to every person in this room, Lord. And Lord, I pray for this last week of fasting, Lord. I pray that this is the most glorious week yet. And we see all kinds of things happen and answer and prayers answered in the name of Jesus. This week, we're going to see it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be prepared. Some of you haven't joined in on the fast yet. The Lord's saying, hey, it's not too late join in this last week do something this week give something up seek we meet on Wednesday I I would love to see every person in this room show up on Wednesday night for prayer meeting come on one night come on give it all you got don't let this season pass by come on everybody just show up at seven o'clock well I don't care where we 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 gotta we'll pack it out but just we're gonna go after Jesus we love you Jesus blessing Jesus name amen amen All right, love you.